It has been a while. Don't you do another podcast? Do you not also record backups for that podcast? Uh, well, we do it in person. That podcast? The podcast? Actually, <laughs> I got invited to another podcast today. Traitor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a live play uh, D&D style one that's just running for 12 episodes and it's improv oh, in nice. Toronto. So I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, we've still like at some point got to get Jason to DM us a session. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's <laughs> true. We do. I've been thinking about that, that lately, weird. more lately. So I actually almost got if I hadn't been delayed in getting back to Toronto on Saturday, I would have been joining like an art, an online RPG with some internet friends, but it wasn't to be. That sounds exciting. Yeah, sure. Good. How was, uh, I was going to say, Oh, no, it's gone. <laughs> Use your words. All right, that's fine. Why don't we just start the episode then? Because Christy's apparently <laughs> lost what she was going to say. So, welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode 223. Christy's here. I am here. Hello, friends. And uh, Tim's here also. I'm going to just want to make sure it was a nice dip between <laughs> my enthusiasm levels. Appreciate that. Love you too, yep. Mark. I know. How's you guys doing? How are you guys? How's it going, Christy? We should actually just talk to Christy. Tim and I talk like every week, like yeah. constantly. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> so bored of you guys no yeah (laughs) things are good you know past my mental breakdown stage through covid about a week and a half ago Um, that's good yeah yeah, you know how everyone has a couple of those like they happen like once every two or three months for me where i'm just like everything's great and everything's fine i'm like i can live through this this is great everything everything's gonna be perfectly okay and then i'll have about two weeks where i'm like the world is on fire and i hate everything and i'll never recover and my (laughs) mental state is just shit and i hate everybody and if anyone talks to me or sneezes on me or coughs at me i'm gonna murder them in their sleep and then uh, I cry, and I eat chocolate, and I gain back all the weight that I lost when I was trying to be healthy in those two to three months <laughs> where I was, like, trying. So, you know. Yeah, I've had a couple of those, good. too. My first, like, few months of quarantine or, like, well, COVID or whatever, I was just too busy for that because I was fucking moving to a different country. But now that I've actually got time to dwell on my feelings, those are definitely hitting once in a while. Uh yeah, I just you guys? I smoke a lot of weed now, basically. It's kinda <laughs> that's what I do mostly. That's no different. No, it doesn't really help anymore either, which is you know, that's another story completely. Why don't we talk no. about the news instead? No, no, no. <laughs> Let's just talk about what's next. Crap. Yeah. I was talking about heroin actually the other day, thinking about like I mean it I was being silly. Another fucking week of this election coverage and I might just, you know, breakdown i'm in i am in like the meth capital of ontario here in st Catharines. lovely <laughs> picturesque st Catharines, ontario so i was like i could get meth probably pretty easily i know some scumbags down here i could get it from so I'm, please it's don't, an option don't, please don't don't do that what meth <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it don't, sounds like don't do, don't do the meth don't do it, it sounds like so much fun though i'm very excited but i like you know what you should do you know what you should do is take that what? e that one vowel, get it out of there. Throw in an A, and what are you going to do instead? Math. Yeah, except I have, like, math <laughs> dyslexia. I can't do math at well, all. Well, that's you so. should start. It's your new drug. You can get real good at it. Oh, math. Jesus. Can I it's buy a anti, vowel? It's the anti-drug. Remember those fucking commercials? What's your anti-drug? Math. <laughs> I think meth would make me want to shoot myself in the mouth less than math would, so... <laughs> Well, I mean, with meth, you'd have fewer teeth to get in the way of the bullet. 
It's true. That's very true. That's a good call. It's a good call. All right. Uh, let's get into the news. First thing, <laughs> please go vote American listeners. I don't know if we have any American listeners, but I can't do another four years of this horse shit, especially now that I'm 10 minutes from the border. I'm going to have a heart attack and die. Just go yeah. vote, please. Anyway, let's start off with fun. I feel like we should acknowledge the possibility that Oscar Isaac may be Moon Knight in a yeah. Disney Plus series, but I'm not like going to say that he is. I'm going to say allegedly maybe Moon Knight because we keep having these where they're like rumored but never officially announced and we got kicked into the balls last week by this so like allegedly oscar isaac might be moon knight which is awesome casting by the way as a moon knight fan big ups i have never read a single comic book featuring moon knight and so i have very little investment in this but i do like oscar isaac and Moon Knight, from what I understand, seems like a fun enough character and definitely a unique character. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's special, so it will be entertaining at least. And I think Oscar Isaac's, you know, sounds good, sounds good to me. This is depressing for Christy and I. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed again into December. Are you sad? Or are you gonna no. play? You're gonna play that, yeah. I'm sad. I mean, I, I was gonna play it, but that kind of thing at this point. I'd rather than be happy with the game. That's how I felt about Uncharted 4 when it happened. Mm. That's how I feel about the Mass Effect trilogy being pushed. I'd rather them release a freaking amazing game and be so proud of it and be like, no, I'm so glad we took this extra month than to release me garbage that will get wiped in the reviews. They'll have to patch it later. Look at Mass Effect Andromeda. Have we learned nothing? Evidently we have. And not have like dev crunch too, right? Oh no, they're in, they're in crunch right now. Absolutely, they are. They, that's been that was in the news this week too. That uh, the who was that? That's uh, CD Projekt Red was definitely in crunch because mm-hmm. of this. They went gold a couple weeks ago, but they're still like polishing. But they're definitely in crunch right now. I was probably going to hold off on this until either I get a next gen console or I can finally get my hands on a thirty eighty, which like you can't. So I mean, yeah, I I can wait till. January, February, when I can finally get my hands on a new graphics card before I play this thing. So, see, like, I actually wish that more media would do this. I understand it's not something you necessarily do to the same extent for like a TV show, a movie, or something like that. But, like, how many times have we talked, like, reviewed something and said, like, man, that could have used like one more editing pass or something like that that it obviously didn't get? And, they you know but they're always tied to like release dates super hard in movie well except right now in movies yeah. and tv shows <laughs> we're so. gonna talk about some of those still too for the yeah so I, I kind of wish that more fucking like video media would go the same way as the gaming industry is these days yeah push some shit back a little bit to make it a little better yeah agreed speaking of garbage video game things that are happening um, wait, that's not a garbage video game. I don't know what I'm talking about. It looks like Ubisoft has partnered with Netflix to produce an Assassin's Creed series. Although I saw the movie and <laughs> hopefully it's better than that. Like I know Michael Fassbender was in it, but like I have a complete blank where the rest of that movie should be in my brain. And I think that's for trauma reasons. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Got Assassin's Creed PTSD. It was a rough flick. So, yeah. I loved Black Flag. Black Flag was a lot of fun. It's like the last one I played, it, I think. But I just, I, I've never really cared. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're not a particularly in like I'm not very invested in them. Yeah, no, me neither. Uh, I guess the last couple have been good, and like Valhalla looks cool, but again, next gen. So like, 
when I get a new hardware, I'll, I'll play that. Well, it's like, you know, they're now saying like, oh, we can like Hollywood saying we can never make a good fucking video game movie. Let's try TV series instead. Yeah, because that works better every time. <laughs> but I I don't know. Doom, don't the know. TV series. Hey, man, that movie had both The Rock and Carl Urban and still sucked. It was so, still terrible. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just... <laughs> It can be done, maybe. I mean, actually, no. I can't even think of a good video game adaptation. Like the, the, some of the Tomb Raider ones have been like okay, yeah, but never like amazing. So, good luck, Netflix. I guess basically. <laughs> In other streaming news, uh, Mandalorian season two will hit probably just after this episode comes out, or around when this episode comes out on Halloween. So, yeah, that's exciting. Or at least the first episode will be up on Halloween. I wish they would just give me the season, but got to keep those social media mentions going on for the couple weeks that the show runs so and keep those uh those subscribers for more than like the one week trial yeah really yeah <laughs> i don't think, i think by now like they should i mean obviously we're still waiting on a bunch of stuff that was supposed to kind of be out already but like for disney plus i'm kind of locked in like in terms of mandalorian and the upcoming marvel stuff like wandavision said yeah. 2020 so we should be hearing about that coming out I think i think november is when it was supposed to premiere I think so too, but like, yeah. I'm not what, uh, I don't know. Did you hear the, the only thing I, I had to like a little thing about, do you see like, there was a story this week about no time to die having been shopped around to like yeah. a number of different streaming services and nobody wanted to foot the $600 million bill that Sony pictures <laughs> wanted to uh, stream the new James Bond movie. Yeah, I don't think even that would have like attracted that many new, you know, subscribers to whatever service. So I like, I want to see the new Bond movie, but like, I'm not going to a movie theater anytime soon. So like by the time like, this movie has been sitting in the, like it's basically been in the tank for, it sounds like three or four months now. Like it's been finished for a while because it was supposed to come out. I want to say originally in the summer, but now yeah. November or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure we'll see it eventually, but yikes. But it's also $600 million because that's like the marketing and all that shit. Like, yeah, I don't know. They spend $200 million like on a season of TV at this point. And, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just finding myself more engaged with TV shows because they last longer and they're better stories. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want a TV series about James Bond. I like the movies are like, there's a reason why they're movies. <laughs> I don't think there's a left, like, I mean, I'm sure they could do yeah. something like that. But like, in terms of like what the content of a like general James Bond thing is, like a movie is fine. But like, yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'd rather have something that I can sit down and kind of sink my teeth into overall. But and I think right now people are looking for longer form distractions, right? They're <laughs> yes. like, I want something I can get lost in for a couple of weeks, not for two hours kind of thing. Yeah, 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 so. <laughs> for sure for sure and don't get me wrong i do think that there's a place for film absolutely for like short kind of like not short but like action-packed or horror i think horror is a really good version for film because it, it like that compactness is what makes it so terrifying because as we as we see in our show that we're gonna be talking about this week <laughs> didn't sometimes sometimes dragging something out is not a good thing well i mean like <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's actually a question I have when we talk about that. So we'll get to that later. But because I don't know if I actually considered that like horror as opposed to more like romance with some ghosts in it. But that's okay. Lesbians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey man. Sure. Yeah. That there's a thing there. John Stewart is apparently looking to do a yeah. current event show on Apple TV, which which is great. 
except it's on Apple TV. Yeah, if you want to add another subscription to your monthly billing. But I mean, it would be nice to have, it would have been nice to have Jon Stewart here for the last four years because at least he helps me make sense of this fucking, like, cockamamie world or whatever but yeah it sounds like it's going to be pretty similar in format to last week tonight kind of thing where he really deep dives on a topic for like a full hour kind of thing yeah which is good because like i think that's the kind of content that he would be good at also although i I would miss the like the nightly you know john stewart i mean obviously i miss the nightly john stewart daily show where he just kind of goes through the news and yeah explains what the world is how how horrible the world is to me in a way that makes me laugh as opposed to <laughs> all the other stuff that i'm experiencing now <clears throat> whatever that is shitting pants shitting i guess is that what the word is <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, you don't have to tell me about that no we know christy yes and you're our pants shitting expert this episode yeah yeah seriously you want to talk about it <laughs> that's what let's, we should have been it. for the yeah, topic but... of the night that should have been meat of the episode is just like let's talk about shitting pants <laughs> any recent pants shitting stories that christy has to share yeah well <laughs> we don't need to talk about those today no not, not today not today right. just know that they're Fair there enough. the haunting of christy's tights <laughs> it's all i wear nowadays for <laughs> oh lord <laughs> Don't I got got no time for buttons and zips? <laughs> no, baby. I'm at home eating crap every day. He <laughs> poops my poor dog today. Poop soup. It was poop soup. Oh, was no. I was like, Echo, no. Oh, What's wrong poop. with your stomach? Oh, poop soup. He at least do it outside. Yeah, thank goodness. He barely made it. He was well, barking nope. at us. I'm like, why are you so loud? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's getting po- past this point in the episode. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, Christy Bolton. How are you doing? <laughs> can, I, can I ask a question? What number are you on? Hmm? What you're holding in your hand? How many number of you have? one, baby! Fuck, every time. Can only every go fucking up for time. Me. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last thing I had was AMD announced their new graphics cards, which actually come and fall in line with the NVIDIA stuff. But I don't want to get into details because, like, we just talked about poop soup and, like, it's so gross when you say it out loud. Coup de Cours just sounds boring now. Like, yeah. It, I mean, when I say it out loud, you said it out loud like five times. Poop soup. <laughs> Either way, go check your favorite tech YouTuber for more in- like more information if you're into buying graphics cards or just like knowing about toys, because that's what I did. Nice, nice. She's whispering poop soup into my ears. Um, oh, ASMR. That's the worst ASMR recording ever. Just imagine your dog. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> What the <laughs> fuck is happening right now? Like what oh, in the actual the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to the show, Christy. How long? It's only been like <laughs> a couple on... weeks, right? No. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. A few months. Okay. Well, I missed you, obviously. <laughs> so much, so much. I can feel yeah. the love radiating from your screen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, do you have any other news, Tim? Because uh, my brain just checked out completely. Uh, I've I have a few things under the Warner umbrella. Oh, DC news. <laughs> All right. 
Well, one's actually interesting. So for the Suicide Squad, James Gunn is saying that Warner Brothers agreed to let him kill off any character that he wanted. Apparently, yes, even that one. <laughs> even Harley Quinn. Yeah, horse shit. He's going to kill off Harley Quinn. That's their cash cow now. I know. I, I don't think he would be stupid enough to kill off Harley Quinn. But, I mean, that movie already looks fucking bonkers. And knowing that basically nobody is safe is... I mean, it's Suicide Squad. It's kind of in the fucking title that nobody's safe. But. I mean, I would assume Harley Quinn has basically plot armor at that point, regardless. I mean, they they might kill her just so like, you're like, oh my god. But, like, you really think Margot Robbie's done playing that character? I feel like she's yeah. got a couple more in her, so... And then the other one is that there's speculation now that Joe Manganiello's Deathstroke is going to be in the Snyder cut of Justice League. See, I thought we talked about this last week. I know we talked about the Joker, but like the Joker that story, we talked about last week. Yeah. Didn't, okay. That story didn't come out at the same time and we didn't talk about this last week. I feel like I was having deja vu yeah. um, when I saw that story. That one actually gets me a little more excited because I, I was pretty pumped to see uh, Joe Manganiello play Deathstroke. I thought that he would have been pretty good in that role, and so to actually potentially get to see more of that is intriguing to me. Okay. <laughs> and the last one is that uh, we already uh, have we've talked about Animaniacs getting a sort of reboot resurgence, and now Tiny Toons is apparently getting one as well. So Steven Spielberg got Tiny Toons uh, Luniversity approved to go to hbo max i mean at this point they're just it's animation right like that's, yeah. that's what they can do so this is what everybody's doing they're just gonna yeah i can see that that seems to be what all the announcements have been the last little while it's like what animation can we bring back that like yeah the zoomers and millennials will find entertaining ren and stimpy yeah uh, abuse and butthead animaniacs yeah yep. yep yep yeah uh I, I just praying eventually they will get their heads out of their ass and reboot clone Batman high. in the series. Yeah, we got clone high. That's true, right? Yeah, so. I'm so excited. We'll hear beyond. <laughs> if this ends up with me getting another season of Batman, the animated series, then I'm fine with it. Otherwise, Hey, we're also getting more seasons of Archer. So yeah. that's true. We are getting that, that extra season of Archer at least. So there is that. So that's yeah. kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I'm like, I mean, I'm on, I'm on board for, I wanted to see the Animaniacs one. I'm not sure about tiny tunes. That's not really in my wheelhouse. So yeah, I watched a lot of Tiny Toons when I was a kid. So yeah, I always felt like like diet Looney Tunes, and yeah. So I'd rather just watch Looney Tunes. Fair enough. I think I don't know either way. I mean, like, good for them. Just sign those checks, right? Give me that money. Get that money. All right, guys. Is that was that everything you had? Yep, that's it. Cool. All right, guys. Oh, you. Oh, man, Tim. How much better are you going to feel when you get to do a Geek of the Week sting? Without yeah, Chris, me just you gotta help me. You got to get your finger at your you blankly. No, help. It. <laughs> Christy, you can help me? Yeah. All right, do it. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Oh, fuck. I didn't miss that at all. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So this is the segment of the show where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. Let's start with our lovely guest. What is that face <laughs> you are making right now, Christy? Like, Visual bits. My faces. Leave me face alone. Visual bits that we're talking about yeah. again on the podcast. So geekiest thing I did this week is, uh, well, it's been for the last few like, weeks, actually, is I'm desperately trying to beat Dragon Age again. And I'm finding I have no time to sit down and do it. So every time I do, it's like 
I'm just slogging through Dragon Age 2. Good story, like decent gameplay, but it's just, it is a slog because they were so rushed by the developers to get out because Bioware gets rushed that it's all the same dungeons that like they repeat everything and I don't know. It's just, it's still like enjoyable, but I really want to get through them so I can play God of War 4 again. Like God of War 4 is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Mark and I also have pre-orders for the Xbox and the PS5, so... Oh, do you of course now? <laughs> do you know? Who am I married to? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... I haven't pre-ordered anything yet. I'll probably get an Xbox just because, like, how quick everything crosses over, and I can get that EB... Like, the EB Games deal where I get Game Pass and, like, 40 bucks a month. That sounds awesome. I'll get a PlayStation when I can, but, like, the only thing I really want on it immediately is Miles Morales, and, like, mm-hmm. that's just kind of like a Spider-Man... Interqual, which I'm like, eh, I can play it when I get there, I guess. Yeah, we have that coming with our our pre-ordered PlayStation. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, I gotta get to that shit. So I think I'm actually gonna fucking dive in and get a a fucking console finally, just because I'm so sick of. I just want something that I can turn on and get lost in, and like, besides Zelda games, that's there's nothing really on Nintendo that will let me do that. Yeah, I'm still waiting on Metroid. Oh, Metroid. That's a good point. Maybe I should go back and play Metroid games first. Have you ever played the trilogy? Like uh, Metroid Prime? The only Metroid game I ever played was the Game Boy one. That one's fine, I guess. But, like, you should do the Metroid games. Yeah, someday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tim, what about you? You know, we're coming up on Halloween now, so I'm still watching horror movies. And this week I filled another of sort of my, like, horror blind spots and watched... Black Christmas from 1974. Oh my God! Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> I it, I mean, it's Canadian horror. It's got Margot Kidder. It's got John Saxon in it. It's got like several other like big names in it. Andrew Martin and like it's it's like the proto slasher movie, right? Yeah, it's the movie that we probably don't get like Freddy or Jason or Mike Myers without that movie coming beforehand. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's good, though. <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was interesting to watch just as, like, a curiosity. Like, it's definitely, yeah. you know, it's for 1974, it's very different than any other fucking horror than anybody was doing in the 70s, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, like, relatively progressive and feminist for its time, so I'd recommend you go back and watch it, even if it's just, like, as a curiosity kind of thing, just to say, okay, now I can see, like, I mean, John Saxon ended up being the dad in fucking like nightmare on elm street like he you know played that same and he was a cop there too and that's true yeah that's right i always forget about that yeah i also watched the 2019 like the remake of it from last year which is not as good as the 1974 Mm -hmm. version like it plays a lot on some of the same themes but it also goes like it's real ham-fisted on a lot of like the the feminist side while also trying to be like camp and so like i'm i keep trying to be like am i supposed to be taking this seriously or not and yeah so that's kind of related to mine because i did a i've been watching have you seen the uh, cursed films thing on shutter is my geek of the week is like i watched all five of the episodes that are available i don't have shutter neither do i but <laughs> So I watched the five episodes and it's like they cover cursed films, right? And it's like Exorcist, Poltergeist, The Crow, The Omen and The Twilight Zone movie, all of which Mm. have these like elaborate like stories Stories. about how they're like 
cursed productions and stuff like that. And that's what kind of made me go back and like I rewatched The Omen this week along with Rosemary's Baby. But I watched the remake also, the one with uh, mm-hmm. Leif Schreiber and I think it's Julia Stiles. And uh, whoo, you want to talk about like a difference in quality. It's like, hey, this movie's directed by, you know, Richard Donner and uh, got Gregory fucking Peck in it. <laughs> and then uh, this other one's got Leif Schreiber and directed by like somebody who's less recognizable than me. So like <laughs> not great. Yeah. The series that like that's like that that I kind of want to watch that's like the the cursed horror or whatever is the uh, Eli Ross doing like a history of horror series yeah. on Shutter as well that's like yeah that's like sort of going back over like the big milestones of horror and that one I'm kind of interested in. Yeah, that's that's actually my like I was going to watch that. I have that ready to go for like this week. So yeah. that was my next one. But yeah, it, it it made me these made me go back and watch like I watched all these movies this week. Actually, I can recommend pretty much all of them going back. I mean, yeah. Twilight Zone, the movie is weird because it's like a like an anthology kind of thing. So other than that, like Exorcist, Poltergeist and the Omen, the Omen and the Crow, like all hold up. Oh, yeah. The Crow is actually surprisingly every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, man, this is actually really fucking well done yeah. for like a movie they made on like a shoestring budget and then had that horrible thing happen to kind of at the end of the production. So that movie still holds up like crazy. None of its sequels do, though. Never, ever watch a Crow sequel. No. Mm-hmm all garbage all the time so speaking of cursed films to be watched i watched rosemary's baby for the first time two weeks ago Ooh, how did that hold up for you actually held up pretty well yeah it's a good flick though yeah Yeah, it caused me a lot of anxiety so it's a good horror movie but it was so i I didn't expect to be as psychologically horror driven as it was because i actually didn't know Next, I knew next to nothing about the movie, um, except that she was a lady named Rosemary who had a scary baby. <laughs> then I re- read all of the kind of lore around why it's cursed. I thought that was yeah. interesting. But no, it holds yeah. up. The performances yeah, are like obviously over the top for what we would consider now. But even at old Hollywood standards, they're like, Mwah, chef's kiss. It sets, sets a really excellent mood. You know, that, yeah. that really like anxiety inducing, like stressy kind of mood. La, la, la. Yeah, that movie can make you nervous just by like listening to the soundtrack. So yeah, I yeah yeah, like actually I watched that was one of the ones I watched this week too. I was just doing like my seventies demonic child Mm -hmm. movies kind (laughs) of thing. So actually, one that we I I don't know we'd have to like this would be something to review next year or something like that. Have you? When was the last time you watched Exorcist three, Tim? Uh, I watched them all when we last. I watched all the Exorcist movies last time we did the uh, or when we reviewed Exorcist. Oh yeah, I think th- I watched the third one again this week, and fuck me, is that movie really good? Like, it's pro- it might be the better movie out of the bunch of them. I mean, the original is like the classic kind of thing, but yeah. that third one's a really good movie. So yeah, quite enjoyed that one. Wait, the That's- third one is uh... basically Legion. Like, it's supposed to be. It's based right. on the novel Legion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not the Heretic. That is a that's horrible yeah that's a fucking disaster of like epic proportions so yeah don't watch that one but yeah i recommend like if you see this cursed film thing and you are grabbing stuff that i would recommend it it has some like cool even if it was just for like the behind the scenes stuff that they talk about like they were talking about how part of the the curse of poltergeist is because they used real skeletons in that pool scene and that's kind of like why they say it's cursed but like real skeletons have been used in film since the yeah. dawn of horror film so it's just like that doesn't make any sense and one of the effects guys from poltergeist came on and says like yeah they've been doing this since like vincent price 
those were real skeletons also because you just go to the like you're not nobody's going to pay you to sculpt one of these things when you can just go to the medical supply store and buy a real one and put shit on it so like yeah they're all real skeletons yeah so yeah dumb either way (laughs) speaking of horror movies or things that are dumb (laughs) it's me to the episode time christy gotta help me again here we go you ready i'm ready Meat of the episode. Meat at the bottom of a lake. Lake meat. <laughs> Gray and tattered. So we watched The Haunting of Bly Manor Ugh. like three weeks ago now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were going to have a little conversation about it. So let's start with uh, non-spoiler overall thoughts. And we'll start with Christy. Why did you want us to watch this? Okay. <laughs> so... I wanted to watch it because Haunting of Hill House, though it had its issues, was still good. Like, it was still enjoyable. Um, Mm -hmm. There were aspects of it that I thought were really cool. I loved the sibling storylines. I thought that they made some really interesting choices around plot development and, like, time and how things were intertwined. So I was looking forward to Bly Manor. I, you know, like, it's around high Halloween. It's nice and, you know scary and i was i was into it i was i was set i was prepped and then you watched it watched it (laughs) and what were your overall thoughts (laughs) okay without being spoilery i thought one i thought that they were it was really exciting that they put forward queer characters in a show like this i thought that was really cool but again i'll get to it when i talk about my kind of like uh, um, my cons of the uh, the whole show, but I, I will say that I thought that the story up until about episode five, very cool. I was into it. I was hooked, and then from five onward, it just kind of went. <laughs> so I there were good moments. Like it wasn't a terrible show, but I think what made it feel kind of terrible was how far it fell from where it started and where it came from Hill House to where it ended and how when you look back at Hill House, you start to see some of the things kind of wrong in Hill House too that were just a bit more blatant and Bly. Yeah. So uh, Cool. So Tim? I never really got too much into it from the start. I was pretty... So the listeners know I only uh, watched Haunting of Hill House like a few weeks ago, like a month or something like that ago. And I... I, I was into it. Like, it wasn't my favorite thing I'd ever seen, but, like, I could see why it got, like, so much press and why so many people were into it. But this was way more uneven than Hill House for me, and I had a lot more trouble getting invested in the characters this time around, for sure. It's really strange because I have a lot of people whose opinions I normally align with and kind of trust when it comes to horror that were super into Bly Manor, and I just never really could get into it. It, it just... It felt really hollow to me compared to Hill House in particular. Mm. Yeah, I had uh, I was like kind of into it at first. Um, like the first couple episodes kind of had me hooked, and then I would just got bored basically. Like I would, I, it wasn't holding my attention anymore. And when I don't know, there was something something was off about the way they paced it. I think where I just got lost in the middle of it, and I ne- they never got me back. Because yeah. I just kind of felt like I was just going through the motions of watching it at that point, as opposed to Hill House, where I and we can talk. We're going to talk about it in a second, but like 
when I watched that, which is now what a year ago, was that last year? Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah, or was it two years ago? It might have been 2018, actually. I think it was two, it was two years ago. Okay, you were still on the podcast. Yeah, it was October 2018. Okay. Okay, that explains it. Because I was going to say, I mean, I, this year's been long and shit, but like, it feels like it was even longer ago than like just this year's fucking eternal morass of circular flat fucking circle time shit. Because <laughs> I remember you guys like jerking off Hill House pretty hard. Yeah, when it came out and and being like, Tim, you should watch it, and I'd be like, I'll watch it eventually, and I did. Yes, <laughs> you did eventually. <laughs> Two years later. Yeah, so like, I guess that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Was like, Christy and I watched Hill House kind of back when it aired. And I have very little memory of it, aside from everybody's very pretty. That's all I can remember about that <laughs> show at this point. Like, Carlo Gugino's in it. So, like, awesome. But, like, I went to I went to watch, like, a synopsis of it for this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. this. A lot of this just really went on also, right? Like, it kind of just, it's overinflated a little bit. Like, a little overexpanded. Yeah. So, yeah. Obviously... What did you think about it when? Because we were we were both pretty glowing about like Hill House when it came out. What have you rewatched it or looked back at it, Christy? So I did, um, but I ne- I didn't actually make my way through it because I found it to be uh, hard to take in too many kind of dark shows at once that weren't hmm. true crime or were like I don't know I. I'm in a particular headspace where I'm taking in a lot of comedy and a lot of my warm, cozy, I know it so well, I could repeat all of the lines, films, like corny 90s rom- rom-coms kind of thing. So yeah. when I was watching it, I still enjoyed it, but because I knew all of the... Like uh, the scares and beats and stuff? Yeah, I was kind of like, I could subject myself to this again and enjoy it, but I just don't know if I'm in a place where I would fully enjoy it. Because Blind Mirror just kind of made me go, Mer. Yeah, compared yeah. to a more like outlandish, like subgenre of horror, like a slasher movie or something like that, like this is definitely more tied to real world, like anxiety and that kind of thing. So I can understand, you know, there's a lot of a lot of the horror in in both of these series is supposed to come from like real world relationship and trauma and shit like that. And so I can definitely understand not wanting to put yourself through that, and if you're not in the headspace for it, yeah. All right, let's get into Bly Manor proper then. So, Christy, we do this thing now where I make other people <laughs> explain the plot. So, Christy, you have to walk me through the plot of Bly Manor. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Should have written this down. Um, so <laughs> That's the best part. Uh, is Feel free to cheat, but like, yeah. yeah, the best part is trying to remember what happened. Like, that's the entertaining part. So, Okay. All right, so we open on a lady. She's sad. She's sad a lot. She's sad for a long time. And she's in a, in a hallway in a, a scary little rundown hostel, being all like, I'm in the 80s, and my mom is mad at me for something, and we don't know what that something is, but she's like, I'm not running. Shut up, Mom. And then she hangs up the phone, and it's like, whoa, okay, here we are. Let's get this vibe. And she suddenly she's got a job and it's a big deal, this job. And then we find out she's been trying to get a job for like six months in England where she quote unquote ran away from her problems. And we're all like, whoa, what's the problem? But they don't tell us that until it's like episode six. So we go <laughs> and then we meet this like really. By which time we don't care anymore. Yeah, yep. we don't really care. She's, <laughs> she's not that engaging of an actress no, when she's, she's really playing not. an ingenue. Yeah. Really like not. when she has some depth, she can do it. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. 
So anyway, she goes to this guy's <laughs> office and he's all like, why you want to be a nanny when you were a prominent school teacher and you know nothing about nothing? And she's all like, hey, screw you, buddy. Like, I see you have a drinking problem. And he's all like, you don't know me. I want you out of my office. And then she meets him in a bar where he, she realizes he does have a drinking problem. And he's all like, you know what? You got the job because I have a drinking problem. He basically takes advantage of (laughs) she takes advantage of his drinking problem to get the job. She's like, let me tear down your emotional walls while you continue (laughs) to drink because I know about people with drinking problems and I know that they have thresholds that once you get in there and take just enough of a little squish down of their barriers, you can get them to do whatever you want. So she's like, yo, give me your kids. And he's like, okay. Give me your kids. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. I like that Haunting of Bly Manor just became a like child trafficking movie. <laughs> no, that's Nixium. Uh, so anyway, oh. anyway, he got sentenced to 120 years. How do we not talk about this in the news? It's true. Woo-hoo. So anyway, she's all like, okay, I'm going to go to this house and this guy drives me up. He's a really cute guy. He's super cute and everyone knows it. So we're driving and he's very charming and we get to the house and it's a big house and she's all like, whoa, look at this big house. I never want to leave this big old house. And he's all like, no, we. I'm the only one who, well, you're the only one who stays here overnight. No one else stays here overnight, but it's not weird. Don't worry. We got kids. And so she goes inside and she's like, hey, kids, what's up? And they're all like, uh, your perfection, uh, British. <laughs> I, I was hoping, I was waiting for the bad English accent to come out. I was hoping you would come out for the, like the, the uncle, but I knew for the kids, Christy would get there. I, I think that's why I didn't make the voiceover finale with my bad English accent. I genuinely think that's what part of the reason I got kicked out. Anyway, bad English accents. So anyway, the children are like, oh, we love you. Practically married. Just fucking perfect. doing this is doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dry fire fruiting. <laughs> so anyway, they're all like, oh, you're practically perfect. Don't go in the lake. And she's all like, <laughs> Okay, and then the... okay, but I'm definitely gonna go on the lake later, guys. And so she starts taking care of these kids, but there's also this lady who also takes care of the kids, but she's not actually a, like she's been told that she's not not to take care of the kids, like they are not hers to take care of. This is the new nanny is the only one to take care of the kids. It's been being very explained by drunk uncle, drunkle. So. <laughs> I well, I just in my head now. I'm just gonna picture Drunk Uncle from SNL yeah. as the Henry Thomas character for the rest yeah. of this show. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're now at a point where we meet. Uh, you know, the, we have seen two characters who are in the house, and then a gardener walks in, and she's a hottie. But she's all like, you know, subtle hottie. She's like, no, I'm the hottie that you don't see coming because I'm in overalls and covered in dirt and ground stuff, and it's like. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And we think that she may be Irish, um, Scottish from Edinburgh. I don't know. It's a hard, hard fucking, bad fucking accents. Like, yeah, it's a hard fucking, there's... especially Carla Gugino's version of that accent. Real hard to pin down. There was a couple, and we can talk about it later. But like, there was a couple people who were clearly Americans doing, <laughs> yeah, other yeah. accents, and were let's just say of 
Christie level qualities at their that's oh. British accent. That's I'm better. I'm better at a lot of these accents. <laughs> that's drunk uncle. That's my impression of him. Yeah, that's good. That's excellent. So anyway, we're at a point where we've met all of the characters that, like, most of the characters that will be predominant in this show. There is also a church, a little chapel on the grounds. Oh, and then she's all like, let's have dinner, dinner, blah, blah, blah. And the kids start acting kind of weird. And they're like, you can't go out at night, lady. And they're like, no, you should stay in your room. And she's all like, well, I'm an adult. Fuck you. And so that night she's all like, I'm going to get out of here and go look around. And the children are like, oh, shit. She got out because when she puts the kids to bed, you almost miss it. But then it gets drilled into your brain for the rest of the show. There's puppets everywhere. Little, little people that are made of stuff. And they're like, <laughs> they're all representations of the people in the house. And they move of their own volition because there's an angry one. And she's all like, you got the little girl's like, I'm, don't touch her. She's under the thing. And so <laughs> anyway... All this creepy shit happens. There's a plague doctor hiding in the corner sometimes. Why? Well, we don't know until the second last episode when it's pitched in to just as a plot point. Again, when we don't fucking care anymore. We just don't need it. We don't need it anymore. (laughs) So anyway, some shit hits the fan. Things happen. Lesbians. They keep reminding us about (laughs) the lesbians. Every five seconds, they're like, did you know that the Irish Scott is now a lesbian with the (laughs) nanny? And it's like, yes. If you didn't, like, we get it. You don't have to, like, push this on us. And not every queer romance has to be built on tragedy and trauma. But it's okay. Mm. So now we're moving beyond it. We have, There's a fire one night when they're bonding. And she's already like, fucked up at this point, the nanny. She's all like, I've seen some shit. And there's a guy who's been hiding outside windows and on terraces. And she can't, like, see him anywhere except when he shows up and he's real creepy and stuff. And it's like, oh, but you were her twin in the other show. Why you gotta be such a dickwad? And then, like... And she's got her own fucking ghost haunting her, too. Yeah, she... Oh, I almost forgot about her ghost guy, because then it never gets explained after episode five. So, anyway, she's got a ghost following her, and he got glasses, and so you know he cute. So, anyway, we're, like... <laughs> we're getting to this point where it's, like, who's this ghost daddy that's been following you around? He's in all the mirrors, and she's all like, oh, mirrors, oh! And so she always hides mirrors. And then... What ends up happening is this little girl is keeps seeing them. She keeps looking over her shoulder because she sees Ghost Daddy and she a Ghost Guy. She comes home, Ghost Daddy, Ghost Daddy, and um, <laughs> oh, coming this fall. Oh, so, oh I'm anyway, out. anyway, the, the, she notices the little girl seeing this Ghost Guy, and she's all like, "Oh, it means he's real, and I'm not having an existential crisis. I'm not going crazy. He actually there." And so we find out in this one now episode. Now they're southern. Yes, shush. Now we find out. We found another episode. Found another episode, guys. That she was engaged to Ghost Guy when he wasn't Ghost Guy. He was just Guy with glasses. And so they were childhood and He was her beard. Yeah, he was her beard. Yeah. They were just. He was her chin hair that always comes back. That was confusing to me because I kind of thought she was his beard as well. Like that's kind of how it read at, oh, during that episode. He was kind of feet. Yeah, and then like it. 
yeah, I don't know. And then he died. And it, like, he just, I, I was like, every time they show the ghost, all I could think of was Elijah, was it Elijah Wood? Elijah Wood in Sin City, yeah. where he's got the glasses that super mm. reflect. That's all I could think of. I was like, why are they just doing the Sin City thing? Well, I saw that movie dumb. 25 years ago. Yeah, it was not great. But either way. <laughs> okay, so she has a beard. It's, or as women might recognize it, the five chin hairs that keep coming back and you have to keep plucking. So like, <laughs> she's all like, ugh. I I am engaged to you now because this is all I've known. It's the 80s and it's not technically like totally allowed yet to be out and about about my gayness. And it's about my queer identity. And so she is almost going through with it. And then like this sexy lady hits on her at her dress fitting. And also, first of all, shitty lady, like don't hit on your dress fitting clients. Like they're doing something, obviously, you dummy. Like not the not the job to pick up chicks. That's, those they're all impending brides. So what what kind of sadistic jerk are you to like start putting questions in her head? She could also just be making sure that she follows her true heart. That that's why she's no, there. No, that's not how it works. I don't know what I'm talking behavior. about. It's fine. So yeah. anyway. I know she was cute. I would have gone for it. Yeah. I think after the first time you pull that shit, you you get fired from that job. Probably. Yeah. Right? Like. <laughs> You know, it's funny, Jenny, we've realized that a lot of the women that come in here suddenly are no longer marrying. They're returning a lot of dresses, and it's always at your <laughs> fittings. It's like, oh, sorry, uh, ladies, right? But anyway, so they get in this big old fight after dinner one night because she's all like, I don't think I can go through the wedding because I'm but she doesn't say that. She's just like, it's just a subtle thing. And he's all like, what are you talking about? I love you. And my family loves you. And she's like, yo. It's not about you. I just, I need this for me. And then he's like, pulls off to a stop and he's so mad at her and he's like yelling at her and she's like crying. And she's obviously upset. She's trying to make him feel better. And she's trying to just be like, listen, I didn't mean to hurt you. And he's, you know, throws a fit and he's like, I don't want to have you. And then he gets out of the car and gets hit by a car and he's mushed. And it's just like, (laughs) well, how much of that is actually her fault and not you opening your car door after you look outside. I get that you're upset, but that's not something you just forget to do all the time. And also, why wasn't that trucker looking? That guy had enough time to break and veer. <laughs> if I saw like 28-year-old Harry Potter, I'd be like, eh, I should probably run him over. No. <laughs> exactly. You know? No. But anyway, okay. So next thing that happens, we figure out that the glasses thing is that it's the light shining on his eyes from the truck. And then... She goes back to the fire where she's also had an altercation. She had her first kiss with sexy, sexy Brit Scott Irish lady and (laughs) the gardener. And she's all like, I'm into this now, but I can't because I'm also still got baggage because less than half a year ago, my fiance was murdered in front of me. And I haven't told anyone that we actually, you know, didn't break off the we broke off the engagement. I'm living in denial and sadness. So anyway. The gardener doesn't seem to understand that, even though she initiated the kiss and was like a little bit pushy. And so, you know, she's all like, I got to go sit with my demons for the night. And then we never hear about ghost daddy again. And it's all like, well, I guess if you deal with your trauma, uh, but it, she didn't, it doesn't take one. Night, but that doesn't. Anyway, so she burned his glasses. <laughs> the rules, yeah, the rules okay. in this are fucking like so spotty. According to the rules of Supernatural, by no. burning his last remaining little physical item, Ugh. that should get rid of the ghost. That's Supernatural rules. I was fine with that because like at that point, I was just waiting for the boys to come yeah. in and fucking shoot yeah. everybody. So or actually wait, waiting for or praying okay. for. Side note, before <laughs> we continue, just as a little fun note, I found out that my buddy from a few years ago, he's he and I are like theater buds, was 
bad butcher in the TV drama on the boys. He was the the, dra- the dramatization of. Oh, really? I was like, Kim, oh, nice. what That's are awesome. you doing on screen? <laughs> Amazing. That's awesome. Anyway, so back to the point. There's a lot of drama happening right now because, like, our nanny is all like, I've been falling in love with a woman for the first time, but I can't do anything about it. She doesn't want to talk to me, and yet I'm so in love with her, but I'm traumatized. And then all this weird shit's still happening. There's a guy showing up, and, like, nobody believes her. And then the housekeeper is all like, yeah, he's dick. And then the, the cook is all like, yeah, he's total dick. <laughs> and then the gardener's like, yeah, he's total dick. And then all of a sudden, they have this episode about the previous nanny who died. Did I mention that yet? No? Well, that's because there's a billion plot in this damn show. So the first nanny died. And that's where all they all got the practically perfect kind of thing going on. And then the first nanny was found in the water. And here's why. So you have an episode or two episodes that explain what happened. She dated the guy who was a total dick. Yeah. He was all like, oh, I think I love her. But then they do this weird thing where they turn it where like he's abusive and a gaslighter. But then on his second episode they try to redeem him. But they can't because he's a yeah, gaslighting how big like it just it's like what it, no you can't don't redeem the gaslighter but it's okay because no. his mom's me that was stupid we like the your hell is apparently you repeating all these terrible experiences that you had in real life and so he keeps seeing his abusive mom who comes to get money from him and says her dad's gonna find him and kill him and blah 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 anyway I'm bored hearing myself talk about this and we've barely skimmed the surface <laughs> so here's what happens in the end there's just one episode we go way back in time. And there's been two portraits hanging in the house. Did you notice them? Nope, because there's a gajillion portraits. And these portraits are two ladies. And these two ladies were sisters. And they were the first big owners of Bly Manor for a long time ago. And so these two ladies were all like, yo, we don't want to lose our independence. Because even though it's the 1800s, we're all like, bam, dependence. Or independence. Because we're, we're two modern ladies. So... They decide one of them's gonna marry their cousin. Yeah, they break out into a uh, into a Beyonce oh, song in the middle ladies. of it. Also. <laughs> but then here things go bad because men. So this cousin comes in because that's okay at the time, and they're all like, "I'm gonna marry my cousin." And so the one lady does marry the cousin, but the sister actually started falling in love with him before the other lady, and the other lady just married him so that she could be with, like, she could keep the estate in the family name. And but then she ends up falling in love with him. But then she gets real sick. She's got like croup cough or tuberculosis or some strange thing in the lungs that makes you all gross inside. She got the, yeah. she got the consumption. consumption. Yeah, the consumption. So she got <laughs> consumption. She got black lung. And so she's like, they're like, oh, she's going to die. Say your last rites. And she's like, no. And she's like, I'm going to keep living. And she has a baby and she can't be around the baby. And it breaks her heart. She lives for like 10 more years and she takes total advantage of everybody. But she's so weak and sad that she can't like even booty bang her husband. So like she's all depressed 
because he won't touch her because the doctor's all like, you got to stay away from her. So she's been reduced to this hollow version of herself, and she knows her sister has the hots for her hubby, who is still her cousin, but she's all like, don't you sleep with my husband. And then she puts all these lavish jewels and dresses that she had for years in a trunk. The trunk is very important. Why? Because it's a plot device. So they they put all the <laughs> stuff in a trunk. And the lady's all like, I think I can die now. But she still won't say her last will and testament. So she dies. And it's very sad. But you know how she dies? Her sister just puts a pillow over her face. Her sister's all like, I'm tired of you punching me in my face. <laughs> By that point, I was like, I would have fucking smothered her too. Oh, yeah. So Here's like, the thing. I feel bad for the sister. Because like. Yeah, I've, I actually felt terrible for the sister. They make her out to be the villain. And I was like, wait, no. She had the evil older sister who stole the guy that she was in love with, made her live with it for 10 years because she just won't fucking give in and die of tuberculosis like a normal person. <laughs> so. So at that point, I'd be like, you oh, know what? Fuck this. Also, die, 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 die. All the time and being like, you can't love my husband. Yeah, like she's beating her. Me. Getting out of fucking bed, barfing everywhere, and then making her clean it up. Like, I don't want to clean your gross tuberculosis barf. Yeah, of a kid and shit. Like, yeah. yeah. Just go die already. She's <laughs> just trying to be a maternal figure to this child who is not allowed to be touched by her mother. So it's all like, yo. Yeah. she got some issues going on. So anyway, this lady dies. She wakes up in her bed, but she can't leave the room and she can't look out the window. And there's a, a, a boudoir, uh, not a boudoir, a, a, a wardrobe that she looks in and she's all like, I guess I'll just go back to sleep. And so she sleeps and she wakes up and then she does it all again. And she sleeps and she wakes up. She sleeps, she wakes up. One day she wakes up and she's all like, oh, my daughter, she's, I'm in my chest. I'm in the chest. Don't know how I figured that out, but I'm in here and I'm going to be fine when my daughter gets all my clothes and jewels when she turns 18. But then one day ends up the sister and the cousin got married because they did love each other very much. But then it just couldn't work. And the money went and the sister was all like, let's be pragmatic about this. Let's open this chest and sell my sister's shit. Because I know it's a dowry for your daughter, but at the same time, we are struggling right now financially. Let's just do what's best for our family and sell the shit off. And the husband's like, no, I made a promise. I made a promise to my dying wife. <laughs> I took the keys and I put them in an envelope and you can't have it. She's all like, I'm just trying to save the family and the house and your daughter and like live life. And he's like, no, I made a promise. I made a promise. And so she steals the keys, obviously. And she's like, I'm going to just go look at the clothes. And so she opens the trunk. She's like, look at all this pretty shit. But then the sister who's been living in the trunk because it's her death, suddenly a door opens, not even a trunk lid. And she's all like, I'm going to put my hands through the clothes and strangle you to death because that's what she do. And she's all like, oh, no, it's going to kill my sister for opening this chest. It doesn't matter all the nice things she did for me. You're dead now. And then the sister is forced to live in the attic in a dress while her face smushes away. Did I mention that the ghosts lose their faces if they're there too long? Because that happens. And then this lady goes back into the trunk. The husband sees his new wife. Well, not new wife, but he sees his second wife being all dead and like creepy. So he closes the trunk and he's like, I'm going to throw this in the river because I don't want this around my child. And so that's... Well, lake, lake. But it has to, because so that's sorry. why they call her lady lake. in the lake. It has so to be lake. he throws the trunk <laughs> in the lake and goes away. 
because why wouldn't he? And now this lady, she can't remember why she keeps waking up because it's been a couple hundred years. And she's like, all I know is that I'm going to the house every day. I do a night walk and I'm wet and I leave marks everywhere in the mud because I'm a terrible hostess. And she's like wandering through the halls and she can't remember why she's going there anymore. She's just filled with rage. And so she kills a bunch of people as the time goes on and people take, you know, fill the house. And then her face disappears because she's been in the water so long and all the ghosts are connected to her. So all their faces disappear. None of them can remember anything. I have no mouth, therefore I cannot scream. And so she just like starts killing people. Ends up she killed the gaslighting dickbag. I mean, high five, way to go. But at the same time, gaslighting dickbag then convinces Nanny to go into the, you know, he, to let him enter her body because that happens and then go into the lake. So we're at episode eight. Wait, I got to say, if, yeah, if it sounds like that was a whole episode or a whole fucking season of television compressed into one episode, that's because yeah. it fucking was. Yeah, most of that plot point happens in about two episodes and then there's four six other episodes where nothing happens (laughs) except they want you to remember the show's about lesbians because they can't do it subtly because it has to be an over the head bang head bang that they're like look we are queer positive it's like great but stop anyway guys we are so close to being done so here's the thing here's what happens this lady (laughs) is the reason that so many people dead are dead and she, uh, this little kid, remember the two kids? Remember those two kids? One of them is possessed all the time. And he's, that's explains by the asshole, by the asshole. and by other people, but it explains his personality changes. So asshole not only drowns the love of his life so he can keep her in the house forever in his misery because he makes her live in misery and she has to keep reliving the misery. The kid then, <laughs> while possessed by Dick Wad, who again, they try to redeem in a weird way killed the nice housekeeper who was just falling in love for the you know first time or second time but like for the first time in a really long time with the cook who like really loved her and he had just lost his mom and i was already going through his own shit there's a whole episode about her and her brain madness so like watch for that one though that's a really good episode that's yeah. the best episode yeah. of the season sorry actually. i'm cutting over it <laughs> so. but it's very good we explore her brain babies so but it's also like pretty inconsequential in the end. Because he yeah. doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's just, but it's like yeah. the best written episode of the the whole yeah. season is like the episode about the Mrs. housekeeper, Mrs. Gross. Mrs. Gross. Yeah, and then kind of I liked because it's Rahul Kohli who's yeah, from iZombie also who's yeah, fucking great. awesome. He's great. He's great in this. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's kind of good in this. Like some of them are not great, mm-hmm. but like some yeah. of the support are excellent. Like Rahul's great, and like. Tania Miller, who played Hannah Gross, is fucking awesome. And yeah. I like what is it, Jamie, the the lesbian yeah, she Irish Scott girl. Like that was, I think, was her name. She's yeah, she's good. really good. But yeah, either way, sorry, continue. We're, We're almost there. done. We're, We're almost at the end. <laughs> so, so here's what happens. And there's something I just realized I forgot a very important point, but we'll get there. So. <laughs> the little kid kills Hannah, who's the housekeeper who we were just talking about, pushes her down a well while he's possessed and nobody can find her. So she's been living as a ghost and everyone's like, oh, well, yeah. Because at that point, we're all like, Six cents, blah, blah, blah. just tell us what happens. We're defeated. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all that's going down. And then the two kids... Oh, I forgot to tell you, kids are acting creepy this whole time. They lock the nanny into a closet to make her not go out while the lady from the lake wanders the halls. We didn't know this yet because it's episode two, but there's a little side note for you. So all of this is happening and 
the kids are abducted and that's what they think. And then the nanny gets knocked out and suddenly she's awake in the attic and she's all tied up and her mouth is gagged and the kids are standing over her. And all of a sudden this two apparitions appear and it's gaslighter and nanny one. And they're just like, <laughs> we're going to take the children and live in their bodies. And even though they're brother and sister, we're going to get it on. <laughs> Which, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of shit that, let's talk about that later. Like, so here's the premise, people. <laughs> we'll just have these two fucking kids fuck each other that are brother and sister for the rest of their lives. So That's think okay, about it, right? People. They were putting, the ghosts can take <laughs> possessions of children, and if they say a very specific line of dialogue, which we never find out why it's this specific line of dialogue, what is it again, guys? There's so much. What was it? What was the... <sighs> Uh, it's like I I accept you into me or something really overtly sexual yeah. like that. <laughs> it's like this is you, this is me, this is us or something like that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. This is you, this is me, this is us. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to call it the useless line. So they, the usless line. So they. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Come on, that line's in every possession movie ever. I remember that line specifically from The Exorcist. So anyway, um, yeah. we. <laughs> We watch as the little boy gives himself over completely to Gaslighter. And then we presume that the little girl gives herself completely over to Nanny One. And little boy has to go away for a minute because we see all of a sudden Gaslighter's backstory is suddenly very important. And they both disappear because apparently you disappear for a while out of your own control. Why? So anyway... While he's disappeared, where does he go? He goes to deal with something. Is that no, when he goes to knocking. kill the he housekeeper, the or he has to go live his hell again? It doesn't make sense. Okay, oh, yeah, he gets, he gets pulled into yeah. himself or whatever. Yeah, crazy. So, little girl yeah. ends up not giving herself over. Nanny one's like, "This is fucked," and I should have known this fucked from the beginning. And so they try to release Nanny. And it sort of works, but not really. And then Nanny gets the girl outside, and they're trying to find little boy, and they're like, it's too late for him! And then all of a sudden, Nanny is caught by Lady of the Lake, who's gotten out and is going on her journey, and decides, well, I'm gonna take you by your neck and drag you for, like, 15 minutes, and for some reason you don't die, but everyone else who I talked to and touched died within, like, two <laughs> seconds. But you're special, Nanny, too! Anyway... It's lesbian protection powers right so, there. Yeah, that's fucking plot armor. Yeah. We find out that the, the the woman takes a child that yeah, so the little girl sacrifices no, it's, herself it's, for name one. Yeah, the little girl plays the plays the daughter. Yeah, the lady's in the bed. Like, yeah. And she yeah. walks yeah. into the water with the daughter and all of a sudden nanny two is like and like loses her brain. Oh, by the way, Nanny Two and the gardener at this point have had a very lovely exchange where we learn about the gardener and it's very sad, but there's a moonflower and it's very nice. And we fall in love with the gardener and the nanny a little bit. Back to the end. So we're watching this happen and we're all like, oh, she's going to say the line. And then she's all like, you, I'm you, you or me, we are blah. And the water lady is just like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll take you over the child. And she enters inside Nanny Two. Nanny Two can feel her inside of her for a very long time. Here's Crazy. the thing. It's true. So <laughs> when when Lake Water Lady goes inside Nanny 2, they free all the other spirits because they were connected to Lake Water Lady. And they're all like, and disappear. That's the sound of the disappearing. And Gaslighter is obviously <laughs> very upset by this because he had no control in the matter. But everyone else is like, holla, yes, let us free. 
And then we see Uncle who tried to stop Lake Water Lady. He came at one point to interfere far too late, but he was all like, I'll stop you. And then he gets strangled and almost dead. And then... Oh, and we completely glossed over that he's got his own fucking, yeah. like, random ghost that's himself So he has himself him. haunting him from the life yeah. he cheated with. So here's the thing. Kids are half-siblings. Kids he are half-siblings. The, Ooh. Yeah. Um, so that it's less creepy that they might have <laughs> terrifying. Well, it's still like, it's still like his, like, they're, yeah. I mean, they still share half so their fucking the DNA. It's no, it's the same DNA. They're yeah. brothers, right? Like it's yeah, just the, sure. the guy's brother yeah. fucks the guy's wife, and they have another kid. <laughs> so it's still like it's way this too is, close this on the genetic British. path. Yeah, well, I mean, this, this come on, all this shit is happening in the royal family, right? Upper crust British, right? Like it's totally <laughs> normal for them. Wait, we just lost our one British oh, no. listener right there. <laughs> so here's the thing: these kids. They're all like they're half siblings and find out that the uh, drunkle has been fooling around with the mom. And then she <laughs> chooses to go back after the the father of like the her husband, his brother is all like, I know what you two are doing. We had a law firm together. Now we no longer have a law firm together, but we're going on a, a repeat honeymoon because fuck you, buddy. And then somehow they die on the honeymoon. We're not sure if it's an accident or if he off them both. They never they fucking tell They don't tell us. you, but they imply that he feels extreme guilt about it. And he never wants to tell the children. And therefore, they treat us, the audience, as the children because we also never learn. So anyway, Drunkle shows up and he's all like, I can be a better version of myself. Oh, I'm being strangled. And then he's thrown to the side. And then Hannah, the housekeeper, is all like, she's told that by her apparition boyfriend, uh, the one in her brain, not in her real life, is all like, you're going to save the day. She does nothing. She, nothing. Nothing. The <laughs> lake water like, walks through her. Just nothing. And then she disappears and she's all like, oh, goodbye. And then they find her body in the well and she's all like. And he's sad again, her potential boyfriend, because Cook. Because he's lost now his mother and his mama. And so anyway... The children leave Bly Manor, and we now follow for the last episode the arc of Gardner and Nanny Two as they live out their lives as a happy couple, save for the fact that she is plagued by the idea that she will constantly have to return to Bly Manor and go back into the lake and become the new lady of the lake because that's lore. Because the ghosty living inside of her is all like, you're going to eventually take me home. And you're on Barbara time. And so they live every moment to the fullest and they get married and all this stuff happens. But then they find out they go to celebrate the cook's new restaurant. And it's a big deal. The children don't remember shit from Blind Manor. For some reason, they have no memory. We don't know why. No fucking explanation. Well, I mean, they were possessed like 90% of the time. So that's probably (laughs) why they don't remember anything. They were in like weird dream circle land or whatever the fuck they call it. Probably just like like, blocking out the fucking trauma. Well, I mean, they they did have a pair of ghosts that were going to force them to (laughs) have some really weird incestuous relationship. So I would probably, you know, be repressing that too. So anyway. Yeah. We see a nice little thing about Hannah, the housekeeper, who's he's all like, I still love her and I've never been with anyone. So, excuse me, I burped. So we find out that the children remember nothing. That hurts Nanny number two a lot. And she realizes that she's being pulled more and more and more to the lake. And, you know, they're all like, no, don't do it. 
and her gardener lover is like, no, stay with me. You don't need to give in. Just stop looking at water and in reflections because guess what? That's back. Remember how she used to see, uh, you know, ghost daddy? Yeah. Now Harry Potter? Harry Potter? Yeah. Now she's seeing Lake Lady. <laughs> and so at some point overnight, she doesn't tell her lover. She just disappears into the into the darkness. And then the lovers are like, no, I can stab her. And so she goes back to Bly and she jumps into the lake. And pristine and beautiful lying at the bottom of the water is new Lake Lady Nanny number two. We're going to call her Nanny Lake and uh, Lake Nanny and Lake Nanny. Lake Nanny. The, the, the nanny, nanny of, the, of lake. the lake. Instead of the lake. So the, lake. the nanny of the lake is now there <laughs> and Gardner can't get to her. She's like, no, my lover. And she's like, maybe she'll come back to me. But she's she's not going to. She's in the lake now. She is the lake nanny. She is the lady of the, the nanny of the lake. And so... Apparently, though, because she's got such a beautiful spirit, she'll never harm anyone. She'll just stay in the lake and keep Bly Manor calm. And the thing that I forgot to tell you is that this is all a ghost story told on the eve of the wedding of a child who's no longer a child, but has very strongly suggested that it's Flora who was child number two, who was the little girl and the half-sister and the one telling the story is gardener lady all sad and depressed years later never finding more love somehow with an even yeah, worse yeah, accent their accents don't match up and then <laughs> on the upshot ages into carla gugino somehow yeah. in like five how? years so like how but she had ups. gray hair and a flashback <laughs> yeah, i don't regardless, know this is like how i met your mother levels of crap when it was like how did ted mosby become what's his face dad from full house ted mosby Yes. Oh, pops out. Anyway, so it's strongly implied that this is Gardner Lady telling the story, and all the characters are there, including Cook and the others. No one else matters. Then it's like she goes back to her hotel room after the wedding, all sad. She opens the door a little bit to allow, you know, the nanny of the lake to come inside if she ever will. And she curls up in a chair and falls asleep, which is terrible for her back and explains how she aged five years if that's how she's been sleeping every night. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot. I'm very tired. <laughs> there you go. So b- before we get into like just griping about this, because it sounds like we've got a lot of complaints. Is there anything you guys actually liked about this before we go down the path that every dance robot dance review eventually goes? <laughs> I mean, we called out some of the performances in the middle of Christie's re- recounting. Like yeah. I like Rahul Kohli. He was pretty good as Owen. Yeah. I think he might have been wearing some false teeth at some point, which was a little yes, weird. Yes. Uh, but I liked his character overall. And like, and also Hannah Gross. I can't remember. What's that? Tania Miller. Tania Miller. She was great too. And th- that one at, at least caught me a little off guard. Like find out she was a ghost since like we first saw her. And like the, when she was looking down into the well, it's cause uh. she was looking at her body because that was like just after Peter had thrown her down the well kind of thing. So yeah. See, her confusion and then the fact that she never ate when they kept constantly like doing the, like, we're yeah. going to have a group meal and she That's never true. eats. I was like, all right, she's a ghost. And I kind of knew right away, which was annoying. But I knew something was off with her. It just didn't, it didn't totally click to me. The two of them were probably like my favorite part of the show, actually, like Rahul and Tania Miller. Like, th- that was the best, like, they had the best chemistry together. And like, they were both kind of the best actors of the bunch of them. And yeah, that was kind of like, I was invested with the two of them, kind of. But like everybody else, I was like, all right, cool, mm-hmm. cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Actually, I should say before we, we keep going on, it's like I, the kid actors are not terrible. No, 
No, they're serviceable. Yeah. If I don't want to turn the fucking channel because you have a child actor on, that's a miracle. <laughs> and I was fine. Like they were, they were completely serviceable. So that was that. I had a little bit more trouble with the lead, Victoria Pedretti, uh, who plays Danny, who plays Lake Nanny, I guess, <laughs> who overacts and then underacts in a lot of scenes. Like it's very kind of random where she's either over emoting or not doing anything. Yeah. And also whoever put her in those jeans for the love of fucking God, that was a terrible, terrible choice of costuming. <laughs> I had problems with her too. Uh, Victoria Pedretti is the actor's name. I don't think she's a strong enough actress to carry a, a whole season of a TV show in a lead role. No. No. She, she was fine as more of a supporting character in the first season or like as kind of part of the ensemble, but like, yeah. and she just, she does not look comfortable in the costumes and the hair and everything. Like to me, like for me, every time I saw her, it was like, oh, that's a college girl that's going to an 80s party. That's not yeah. like somebody actually in the 80s. That's yeah. somebody playing like they're at the fuck, like they're in the fucking 80s. Yeah. Agreed. What else did I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I enjoyed. I mean, like the hidden ghost stuff was there. <laughs> Again, from last time, although it was way more obvious. I found it way more blatant this time. Like every time they did a camera cut, there was some like random hidden ghost, which um, I didn't remember it being quite so blatant in Haunting of Hill House. Although I could, I guess, go watch it again and probably be like, holy shit, right in your face the whole time. And I was just an idiot. But it felt like every time I turned around, that fucking plague doctor was somewhere in the background just hanging out. Yeah, he was used a lot. Yeah, they used that image quite a bit. So yeah. And like along with that, like it was shot pretty well. Like the yes. you know the first season was shot pretty well as well. Um, they do a good job like of the locations and making the environment itself, the manor and the grounds and everything seem menacing and seem like disorienting and that kind of thing. And I found it less so in this than the last one. I thought like like it, this was still shot well, but like I felt like that one was shot better and like the overwhelming sense of like dread that you got in Hill House was way more prevalent like this one oh like they spend too much time like where it's like bright sunny english countryside so i don't know you don't get that like it's always gray and overcast kind of like uh spooky feeling in this like you did in hill house i felt like hill house was like it's always dark it's always raining like they're building that tension or like building that atmosphere whereas this one it's like yes we're gonna do that at night and it's creepy but then the next day they're gonna be out in the field and it's gonna be beautiful out so like it's fine it's cool so I found that it was it was like you guys were saying it's a lot of it was just pacing this yeah this show pushed so much of the story at you like there was so much to showcase that they didn't use their time wisely yeah it was paced terribly yeah, yeah. like I wish we'd had more one-off episodes to explain the characters backstories I thought that was really interesting but then we spent, there was like two of those episodes in a, how many episodes was it? Well, it's like from episode four through like eight, eight. or no, I guess, no, what's, it's seven, right? There's eight episodes in the whole season. No, how many nine. episodes were there? Is there nine this season? Eight, okay. eight, eight is the black and white flashback. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So from like episode five or four through to that episode, it's just like every episode's about the backstory of something, even though they they spend two fucking episodes dealing with Gaslight Guy and yeah. uh Yeah. And then the the original nanny, whose name yeah. now completely escapes me, because uh, like they tell you the first half of the story, and then they tell you a couple other parts of the story, like other like stories, and they go back and do like the second part of it, and that's where you kind of find out about like they're possessing the kids and stuff. And oh no, Rebecca Jessel. 
Rebecca, Rebecca yeah. Castle. This is just, yeah, yeah. Like I liked her; she was okay. But like, and like, mm. but his accent, ye gods, was all over the place. Really, I thought to... I thought Peters was one of the better accents. So did I. His, his well, he's he's a Brit to begin with, yeah. which I totally wouldn't have guessed that from Hill House. Uh, he he put on a good accent in Hill House, um, and then in this, I thought he did a pretty a pretty decent uh, Scottish accent. I he drifts too. a little bit. So either way, mm. he wasn't the worst. No, he's far from the worst. <laughs> Jamie was the worst for sure. Like I liked like the character that she had, but her accent was yeah. just yeah. Every line felt like a different goddamn place. I think she's relatively unknown. The the actress that uh, played she Jamie is. She doesn't that. even have a Wikipedia page. I, I was trying to look them all up today, and like I Amel- didn't. Amelia Eve is her. Yeah, name. I liked her. Hopefully, like she gets more work, but like not doing accents. Hopefully, <laughs> so sad. But um. I didn't even find like my problem was like last time I remember the ghost being really cool looking too, or was like this time I found the like the ghost effect like with the no face looked kind of goofy yeah. compared to like last time like the ghosts were really disgusting and like they looked cool and they were well done and like nice makeup and this time it's just like period dress with like they put like they poured candle wax over their face or something like that and I was like oh this is actually that probably would have looked better because then it had been all flaky yeah. and stuff whereas like this just ended up looking like they didn't finish putting prosthetics on them basically yeah, the creepiest one was when flora puts the doll face on the little toddler baby yeah that one was was genuinely creepy but like outside of that yeah i'm 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 with you the faceless ghost i've seen that shit done a hundred times like yeah, that's and- the thing this this show and in hill house as well but it was better executed both of these are like quote-unquote horror for the masses right they're like not meant to necessarily appeal specifically to horror fans they're meant to appeal to a much broader audience because that's what fucking netflix does and that's what they did with like stranger things but it which isn't always a bad thing but it definitely means somebody that is really into horror has to adjust expectations but then it still didn't even meet like my lowered expectations yeah but like did it even track as like a horror thing to either of you like i wasn't really scared it felt more like romance with like horror kind of adjacent it's like twilight you know what i mean where like the main story is like the romance plot but you also have vampires there for some reason because why not like this felt like yeah it's the real story is about like her dealing with her trauma and finally admitting that she's gay and hooking up with jamie like that felt like the main plot of what her was supposed to be going on so it's more like a romance than it was a horror story it just had like the gothic horror trappings attached to it yeah. And Mike Flanagan, who's like the showrunner, the creator of this series and of Hill House. Yeah. That's his whole fucking thing is he like he's on record saying, I want to make horror movies that would hold their own if you pulled out all the supernatural elements would still tell a story. So like he's almost admitting that the ghosts and shit are totally fucking superfluous to the story that he wants to tell. Well, I mean, that's obvious just from watching it. Yeah. So. <laughs> But he's also the guy that did it, right? And like in the first chapter of it, like yeah, those characters we were, are interesting. Come on, but we were just talking oh, about the second <laughs> second was, second was a disaster. But we yeah. all fucking like we all you know praised it chapter yeah. one up and fucking down. Yeah, actually, it was the three of us who saw it chapter one and praised it up and down. So yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. It was it chapter two that we were all like, Tim, you made me sit in a movie theater for three hours for this <laughs> shit. <laughs> but. Yeah. And part of that is, well, I think the fact that the supernatural elements are secondary really fucking shows in this one way more than it did in Hill House. Because 
One thing that frustrates me about both this and Hill House to a lesser extent is that the conventions are, the rules are never clearly laid out, like the sort of parameters. One of the common conventions in horror is that a director or writer will tell you or show you the rules of that like world of the ghosts of the like zombies, whatever. Right. If it's like the zombies can only walk, they don't have any memories. You have to shoot them in the head to kill them. Like, okay. I'm there. Like that's the parameters of the world we're working in. But here I have no fucking idea. Like, I don't know what it is that causes people to like die at blind manner to become ghosts. Well, there's like a throwaway line in the, the black and white episode, you know, the gravity or whatever. Oh yeah. She's so determined not to die that like death doesn't come to get her. And I'm like, wait, are we personifying death in this universe also? Like, is that, but then in that's in the same world, I've got like that kind of ghost. And I've also got these fucking personal demon ghosts, right? Like I've got Danny's like dead Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah, Elijah Wood from Sin City or whatever you want to call him. 40 year old Harry Potter. And then then Elliot from ET's fucking personal demon ghost that keeps showing up. Like what the fuck are those? Are those like just totally psychological or are they actually ghosts? Like I never fucking know. So and like is are those just metaphorical? Yeah, you could read those two as like completely psychological, I guess. Like that's just like her trauma and his trauma kind of like talking back to themselves, but like they never explicitly say anything and they're we are supposed to believe that like obviously ghosts exist, so they are yeah, yeah I don't know. So like in a a season long, like long format horror, I shouldn't have those fucking questions by the time I get to the end of it. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, I had nothing but questions. Like, why <laughs> yeah. do they spend like 10 years together or whatever? And neither of them ever think to go see a psychic or a priest or a Ghostbuster or a Winchester or <laughs> Constantine. Because this is all fictional horse shit at this point. So, like, one of these characters must exist in this world Ugh. who could probably get that ghost out of her. And then she could go be forever lesbian lovers with pretty Jamie girl. Because, because don't forget to kill your gays, Mark. I that's I was gonna yeah I was gonna say but like you can't do one of these stories without killing the gays so like because the existence yeah exactly the existence of gay characters in fiction needs to be marked by tragedy and loss that's the fucking rule they can't fucking Uh, be happy that's why I love Shit's Creek right now because Dan Levy talked about how part of the reason why he was so intense uh, intentional about not ever stating that David had like come out as gay or was bi or anything like that because for him he was like this is a small Canadian town where they don't it doesn't matter like there are no labels and like how is that more radical than people stating it and then he talks about how how like all these gay characters either have to go through severe trauma to be together or they die at the very very end because they just can't fathom how these two people could live together and he's like what would Mm -hmm. happen if we just let a gay couple soar like if they just were given all of the stuff to succeed i don't know man you make all the straights so uncomfortable Uh, you don't want to do that but that's this is the thing like this is what bothered me about this is that they spent so long making sure that we understood she was traumatized by being forced to be straight effacing and then when she finally found happiness, it was forever marred by doom. Mm-hmm. I agree entirely. I was like, as soon as I figured out that was the way that they were going with it, I was like, fuck off. Like, 
Why can't we just have a couple of fucking gay characters that can live happily ever after? I know. I'll agree with all of that. Also, did like you think the show was done? Like when they got out of the manor and then it went oh, on yeah. for an extra hour. Oh, yeah. It was fucking Return of the King syndrome. And yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, oh man, it's Return of the King syndrome. Like, oh, Lord. yeah, because like, yeah, because then we have like three or four other endings, and then you get the fucking framing narrative ending. Speaking of which, who the fuck is Jamie to like take over this wedding and tell everybody like an eight-hour story on their wedding? Am I seriously supposed to fucking believe that those people all just sat there for like? after was it the rehearsal dinner or whatever for like eight hours and listen to this fucking woman with a terrible irish accent recite this stupid fucking story that has nothing to do with their marriage or anything i would hope that like her telling the story didn't take eight hours but it almost took christy eight hours to get through (laughs) reciting the story to us so like it's true i can kind of believe it like it took forever so It's, it's the weakest fucking like version of a framing narrative that i've seen in quite a while yeah i was surprised that even like it's not until like they kind of make her Jamie, like when you find out yeah. that that's actually Jamie, that you're like, what is the point of all this? Because I didn't, I was like, aside from having Carla Gugino show up, which like I'm all for, but like, what was the point of that? I remember thinking that at the beginning because like they never really go back to her as the framing device, except for to narrate bits and pieces and a drastically which, different accent than she used the last time she narrated a, a chunk of thing. And I, I like Carla Gugino, I know. but like, boy was that accent all over the fucking place every time her narration came in it took me the fuck out yeah because i was like i can't with that fucking accent yeah man (laughs) or whichever accent she's doing that time and then in the worst episode of the season the fucking like second to last episode was at the romance of old clothes it's almost entirely told via her fucking voiceover so like i it's been grating on me the whole season and it's like are you annoyed yet how about a yeah. whole episode of it right at the end? Yeah, what did you guys think about like taking a whole episode to go back and like tell you the story? Because I was like, I found it annoying and yeah. like I wanted it to end. It was totally misplaced. Yeah, I was like, this needed to be about. I would have interspersed it more. I would like almost done like something framing where like Danny finds the journal and reads it, kind of thing. Like, so you get the story in like chunks throughout the rest of the season, yeah. as opposed yeah. to like, hey, guess what? We know you're maybe kind of invested in something that's <laughs> happening in there maybe probably not so like it's not that big a deal but you might be invested in what's happening in the manor so we're just gonna go uh stop that whole plot for like an hour and 10 minutes and we're gonna go back 200 years and explain to you why all these ghosts are here and it's not really that great either so have fun with those fucking you know 70 minutes as you're gonna sit there and watch the story but what's her name comes back from the first one so be happy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kate Siegel, who I like, but like oof, that episode was like, that was a trying episode for me. It just, it destroyed any momentum that the fucking yeah. season had. It's, it's the fucking like 11 joins the warriors from stranger things season two. That was in my series. notes. I was like, this is the, that episode <laughs> of stranger things season two that like completely made me lose all interest in the show. Yeah. Like completely <laughs> ongoing. Like for Episode me, 11. <laughs> I remember watching season three and being like, I still don't care about this show because of that episode. Like that episode completely killed my interest in Stranger Things. Yeah, like where eleven went. Yeah, it did like an X Men subplot. Like did a shitty X Men subplot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that. So that episode, episode eight. Like for me, I I wanted to see that. Like the first two thirds of that episode should have been 
somewhere in the first couple episodes of the season. Yeah. So we get a little bit of the history of the fucking manner that's in the goddamn title. And then you save the last like 10 or 15 minutes for like towards the end of the season. So at that point, we really understand like what like what the lady in the lake is and how she came to be and that kind of thing. But like, we've got teasers of it up to that point. And you know, you're trying to put things together as you go rather than just having it all fucking laid out for you in an hour when you don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, because I also don't really remember the lady in the lake in those earlier episodes being like the main threat or like somebody that anybody notices or talks about. It's just all of a sudden in that episode. She was. If well, Okay. I felt like when that episode started, they're like, we're going to tell you about the lady in the lake now. And I was like, why is she more important than the fucking creepy nose then, doctor guy or yeah, whatever? Exactly. Like, why, the plague you know, doctor or then the then Peter or. Yeah. Yeah. Or Peter or whatever. Or we had just or gotten his fucking glass dude or whatever. Ugh. Ugh. <sighs> And like none of those characters in that episode really were particularly likable either in that flashback episode. No. They're all just like fucking hoity toity, like British aristocracy. And I didn't give a shit about any of them. Yeah. yeah. Even the fucking like sister that gets abused is like, I still really can't care about you at this point. And like that story of like the 1800s, like woman who like won't be tamed by any man kind of thing. I'm like, this is. This is like troperific, you know what I mean? Like I, I've seen this. Like I've read a bunch of Anne Rice novels, and like I've seen this a lot. Yeah. And like it was more interesting when Anne did it in the 1970s, guys. So like, ugh, like that. It just felt too tropey for me. And then I got to spend like an hour dealing with it. So I, that was, yeah, that was kind of like where the, because they just kind of won me over a little bit again with episode five, and then they go into like episode six. I'm like, oh, this sucks. And then episode seven's like, oh. No. And then it's like flashback episode. And I was like, oh no. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By then I was like, I'm out. All right. Cause I remember uh, uh, when we first discussed doing this is like a month ago, Christy had put in like, let's watch this show. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. I was planning on watching it because I like haunting on Hill House. And right after that, Christy was like, oh no. Like it kind of fell off the cliff for Christy because she was a couple episodes ahead of me. And I was like, wait, what episode are you at? She's like six or seven. And I was like, oh, I was it like episode four when you messaged us to tell us that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I'm right on the precipice of this making me care even less than I already do. <laughs> yep. <sighs> yep. Well, my thing was just that I felt like they lost the heart of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they had, they had made all of these, you know, when like you look at a person's like wall in a show where they're like murder board yeah where they've just got like all of these ties all the strength like, the red string like charlie with the red the strings string. and shit yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and it doesn't make sense to anyone but the person who's put it together because they've put yeah. it together like all of lost after <laughs> yeah i mean all of lost period but yeah i understand where you're coming from i feel like that's what happened here is that someone got very excited with yep. the string so they had all these pictures out there like, okay, so these at the beginning, they were probably like, okay, these four characters are sub characters. We'll include them, but you know, they're not hugely important. And those were like Hannah, the cook and nanny one drunk and uncle gaslighter. Oh yeah. And drunk uncle. Yeah. Drunk right. yeah. So five Mexicans. So five in the corner. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters on SNL ever. But anyway, um, so they put those five characters over there and then they had the right focus with the people in the in- inner circle. And then they started tying things to make them more dramatic and were like, oh, but you know, it'd be really great if this person was connected to this person by doing this. And then one writer was like, or one editor was like, uh, guys, 
I'm not. I think that's a lot of string. And they were like, no, we need more string. Go to the dollar store, Karen, and get more string. And the, you know, the editor's just like, can we get a different color string this time? They're like, no, it needs to be red. No, we we get it. We know where we're going. And by the end, literally no one can actually follow where something ended or began because it's so ingrained in itself. And just nothing stood out enough to make you really care, like get super invested in it. There was so much shit going on that like, I was just like, okay, this I kind of care about this. I care about a little bit more, but not really. And so just ended up being a whole mess of shit that I was just like, "Eh, okay, whatever. Have you you read the book? This is based on Henry James, the turn of the screw. I don't know. It's not something I've ever read. So no, no. Yeah. I, I heard that it's, it's you know, yes. taken some things from it. Like for one, for one, they they flipped the sisters' names. Yes, Frita yeah. And uh, because like why? Just fuck to you? fucking like yeah, just to fuck I guess with people that are familiar with the book. Maybe that's like a weird thing they do in a lot, like in a lot of adaptations of novels from that era. Because like it's always they always flip the names of the two girls in Dracula too. Like Mina and Lucy always get flipped in movies for some reason from what the book was, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I'd never read the book, and I have no particular interest in reading it after seeing this. So that's fine. Just curious if either of you guys had read it because I like I know they drew bits and pieces, or like the kind of main plot was drawn from the book. But I don't know. I was like maybe that would have explained more, but I don't have the patience now to read the book to find out. So, well. all right, cool. So, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to shout out or complain about? Well, I know we're yep. we're getting up there. I just so. I I'll shout out what I always do when a series fuck or when a, like any horror relies pretty heavily on cheap jump scares. It just that also takes me out of it, and this definitely does. And some of them are totally fucking cheap. Like there's one with where like it's a tea kettle, and they they make you fucking jump at it. And I was like, what really? Come on, yeah. just with like yeah. overly ambitious fucking sound editing. And they telegraphed a lot of shit for anybody that knows horror tropes kind of thing. Like I knew as soon as Edmund was getting in a fucking fight with his girlfriend in the car, that he was about to fucking like walk out into traffic and get killed. Oh yeah. Fucking super obvious. Like that the comb that Danny was given was fucking cursed. And like that miles was being possessed when he's speaking out of character and shit like that. Like there was a lot of shit that was just like, yeah, okay. So I thought that I, I didn't say it, but I thought when the kid, was doing like the possessed act. I thought he was pretty good at like making it different enough that I noticed yeah. like the girl, not so much, but like him, I was like, Oh, he's doing a good job of probably being directed to act like yeah. the dick bag or whatever. And like, he pulled it off pretty well. Cause I was like, Oh, he's pretty snarky. All of a sudden I was like, Oh wait, he's the guy. Okay, cool. But he's yeah. doing a good job of it. So like whoever kid actor you are, if you ever hear this, you did good work. Yeah, the kid. That's the kid that plays Miles. His yeah, the kid that plays Miles is Benjamin Evan Ainsworth. Oh, that's totally sounds, sounds British. Yeah, when the name matches the face. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like the first time, I mean, I think the first time we're ever really like alluded that there's something up with him is when he's like spying on Danny through the door. I yeah. was like, okay, like there's somebody else fucking in there, kind of thing. Right then, phrasing. Phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, let's do a little rate and review here. We'll start, you know, do the old give it a number out of 10 and what your final thoughts were, uh, if you would recommend people watch it. So we'll start with Christy again. Well, 
honestly, I, I'm torn because my heart tells me to give it a 6.5, but tell people to still watch it if they watch Hill House. Just be prepared that you will be a bit disappointed, but if you're craving something like kind of interesting to watch on Netflix, I mean... <laughs> so super okay. glowing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't, I, the reason I started to hate it was because one, I knew we were going over it in the show and wanted to like, look at it with a yeah. bit of an eye. You're looking of, at a critical eye. Kind of you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Critical. Yeah. And then because like, it was good. The first Can I ask a question? Like when you, when you stopped doing the podcast, yeah. did you stop watching TV with a critical eye? No, I just don't say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say like, what's that like? Cause I forget. Like just the joy of watching something without like immediately picking I it apart. I can still turn off. Like there's oh. definitely stuff that I watch that I don't pick yeah. apart. Oh yeah, I've never been able to do that, and it's gotten <laughs> worse as we do these episodes. But either way, cool. Well, All right, broken mark permanently. Oh, I've been. I mean, that was 200 episodes ago, so that's fine. <laughs> Tim, or did you give a number, Christy? You said 6.5. Is that what you're you holding at? Yeah. Tim, uh, like five out of ten, and I don't Oof. know that I could recommend it. I just. It just did not do anywhere near for me what Hill House did. And even Hill House, I wasn't like over the moon about. I was like, yeah, this is good. So, yeah, I just, I don't know that I would recommend this season unless you're like, there's just so many better examples of like good haunted house stories that just logically make much more sense than this yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, it's, yeah, I'm going to go with the five out of 10. Just like, I'm going to be harsh and just be like, it was, it was like, it was watchable, but uh, just barely. So <laughs> yeah, five out of 10. I, I would recommend like, if you haven't seen haunting on Hill house, watch that. That was way more interesting to me than this one was yeah. overall. If you want more of the same or like you want that flavor, like, yeah, try this out, but just be aware that like, yeah, after those first four episodes that are pretty good, it's going to kind of like get real wobbly on you. So, you know, buyer beware basically. So with that, Let's uh, move on to our last segment, uh, Geek Cred. And then... Uh, Christie's segment. Yeah, Christie's... The, the Christie Memorial <laughs> segment. <laughs> yeah, Christie's Christie's hey. dead. We're just talking to her. Ghost, guys! Wait, is I it... I haunt Bly Manor with my poop soup. <laughs> but yeah. is, oh, but is, yeah. she, is she like a, a real like ghost, or is she a personal trauma ghost? She's definitely my personal trauma ghost. <laughs> I would be. I would be. Yeah, because I got to edit this now, too. So. <laughs> Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. So, uh, Christy, what's your geek cred for the week? My geek cred? Um, I have been playing Crash Bandicoot 4, and it's really oh. fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Watered down Sonic the Hedgehog. No. Slash just... Donkey Kong. It's fine. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's wrong with Crash Four? I don't. I didn't play it, so I have no idea. I don't like the Crash games. I'm not. Oh, I think they're great. Yeah, yeah. But, but they're my generation. Yeah, I'm a Mario guy, so like Crash doesn't work for me, basically. But no, it's cool. It. I, I heard. It. It, I heard it's good. Like if you're a Crash fan, it's excellent. So like that's cool. And you recommend other people if they like Crash, they would go pick it up. They should mm-hmm. go pick it up. Yeah, they should. It's it's goes back to its roots in a lot of really lovely ways, but without making you feel like it's a totally like different game and it's it's really fun cool all right uh tim 
this is kind of a random one, but for some reason I've just had this like comic book miniseries on my mind. Uh, the DC versus Marvel and then the resulting like amalgam comics. Oh, why? Just because they're like a fun fucking light ass miniseries and it answered like it's, you know, some of those age old questions like who would win in a fight kind of thing. And I mean, I know that they had like people vote on some of those for for the DC versus Marvel series. But then like the real crazy fucking shit happens when there's like all these merged versions of characters. And some of those are just so crazy that they end up being fun like Dark Claw, who's like the composite Batman and Wolverine, and Super Soldier, who's the composite Superman. Captain and, Superman, yeah. And Captain America, and like the JLX, who's like the Justice League meets the X-Men and shit like that. It's just, if you're just looking for some fucking like comic book fluff, it's the perfect thing just to like, you know, a lot of comics these days, like as great as some of them are, are pretty fucking heavy. So if you're just looking for something fucking fun to sit down with, then... That is, and that's kind of what I've been in the mood for lately. Then cool. I recommend those books. I've been like in like just watching YouTube videos all the time. Like that's all I do now. <laughs> is just watch YouTube horse shit. Um, so like I was watching. I don't know if either of you guys know who Comic Book World nineteen is. Uh, Danica. Yeah, wasn't yeah. yeah. No. She's like a personality that's always been like in nerd culture kind of thing, and she's done like in-depth reviews of like the dark phoenix saga and stuff like that i like her a lot she's very entertaining um she's doing a series right now about she's calling it the exorcist club where she's going in depth and doing like a deep dive into the novel of the exorcist and like all the literary illusions and all that kind of stuff that are in there so i'm just kind of listening to her talk about one of my favorite books and i find her very entertaining anyway she's all dressed up in like drag with like a priest outfit and like a mustache and shit on while she's doing it. So <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. I'm listening to the first one again. I think she put the first one up today. So you should go check that out because she's hilarious. And this shit has been making me laugh for the like hour that I've been listening to it so far. I had to stop like four minutes before it ended to do this episode. <laughs> so I'm hoping to get back to it once we're done. Other than that, we're all good to go. Oh, follow me on Instagram, MT underscore roulette. Inktober is almost fucking over. It's this nightmare. It's so good. You're ch- oh my gosh, your <laughs> art is amazing. It is going to end soon. Yeah, I got a sweet fucking big Deftones piece I'm posting tomorrow that I'm, well, like Deftones, like it's inspired by Deftones kind of thing uh, that I'm posting tomorrow that took just like a fucking week of <laughs> arranging and horseshit. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the well, work that you put into that one. Uh, yeah, you'll uh, everybody can see it. It'll be up tomorrow sometime. Well, I mean, tomorrow as we're recording this, but so it'll be up, whatever. So the MT underscore will let go follow me on Instagram. You can go buy a print blackrangallery.com. That's it for this. Are you guys are we good to go? Do you have anything else we want to bring up? I was gonna say, yeah. Christy, do you want to tell people where they can find you these days? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me on my improvised sci fi podcast, Civilized, at civilizedpod.com. There's a whole whack we're into season three now which is crazy and it's very very fun and goofy and all improvised with full sound editing and everything and that's really rad and then otherwise yeah at some point i'll plug the other stuff i've been doing when it's done nice <laughs> fair enough <laughs> and you can follow me on instagram if you want at at christy underscore bolton super cool name hey it's better than mine <laughs> mine's fucking terrible i just i didn't even want to like do the instagram thing but everybody was like you have to do instagram as an artist <laughs> oh yeah <sighs> you have to do. You so have you to do. do so here i am trying to build the following the algorithm just does not fucking cooperate though you know so mm. either way yeah not fun it's always lovely having you on board for an episode christy so thank you for <laughs> yeah you thanks know. guys this is a and blast. sorry your frantic energy 
Yeah, and sorry for the uh, the little delay we had to do. We were supposed to have Christy on last week, and that's why we did that Evil Dead episode real quick. A little change of gears, but, you know, that's about, yeah, uh, yeah it was good times. I'm glad we did it this week so it wasn't rushed. Yes, agreed. All right, let's get uh, let's get the fuck out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it, especially, like, right now, as we're going COVID crazy still. I'm going crazier than usual, I think. But either way, um, this has been episode 223 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcatching app via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about, if you thought our take on Bly Manor was horrifically wrong, or you want to yell at me about, what did I talk about earlier? I don't even remember anymore. Some shit, some news. Yeah, you want to talk to us? Just, you know, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Dance Robot Dance Podcast. We're on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. You can absolutely hit me on Twitter, uh, M underscore Willette. Uh, or you can email us at Dance Robot Dance Podcast at gmail.com. So, Christy, it's been lovely having you here. Yes, I'll see you or hear you guys soon. Yep. Uh, Tim, say goodnight. Good night, folks. I'm Mark. I already told you where you can find me. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Adios. Happy Halloween. Yeah, well, hopefully I, I can get it up before Halloween. I'll put Maybe. it up. We'll see. Maybe. Either way. Depends on when I feel like editing. Or we hope you had a good and safe Halloween. Yes. If you're listening to this after. But have a safe one, particularly. Stay home. Stop going to restaurants, people. Yeah. <sighs>